What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into At The Podium, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. You can follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. that's K-I-S-T. Today, we're going to start releasing the Eagles press conferences from the 2019 NFL Annual Meeting. Howie Roseman is up first. This was from March 25th. He discusses a range of topics, including how they attack free agency while being mindful of compensatory picks, how they're building the run game through the offensive line, and that they're still looking to add at that position at running back. He also mentions the upcoming Carson Wentz contract, saying that they're committed to Wentz and want to sign him to an extension. Doug Peterson's media session from the 2019 NFL annual meeting will be up next in the second portion of the show, at least a chopped up version of that. I'm going to split it into two parts. Part one is here today. Part two will be attached to a future show featuring Jeffrey Lurie's press conference. But Doug's was an hour long, so we got to do some things to move it around. But right now, let's get to Howie Roseman, who is at the podium. So uh, we're excited about what we've done so far in free agency. Um, This is a transition from free agency to the draft. We always think about this as we get into kind of our off season about being here and transitioning into the draft process. A lot of work to do. We're six months before our first game. Obviously, the talent evaluation process continues throughout that time period, um, really even past that until you get to the trade deadline. So um, questions? How are you, uh, when you spoke to us at the Combine, talked about the running back position and you said there were a lot of different ways to skin a cat. And the cat kind of remains unskinned. Hmm. Uh, what's going on there? What do you anticipate? Yeah, I think, first of all, uh, going into free agency, it was very important for us to stay true to our beliefs. And that's the O-line, the D-line. Um, get an opportunity to get Ronald Darby back. Uh, looking at playmakers for our quarterback. And when we talk about playmakers, we don't just talk about running backs or wide receivers or tight ends. We talk about that position group as a whole. And so uh, there's a long way to go in this offseason. Really some opportunities that came about in free agency we didn't anticipate. Um, At the same time, there are a lot of good players involved in free agency. So uh, we'll continue to keep working at it and uh, also like a lot of the young players that we have on our team. How does the free agent signings affect your compensatory picks next year? Obviously, some people think that's maybe one of the reasons you didn't sign as many. Well, it definitely goes into the equation when we're looking at players. So if you have a player that you can sign that's comparable talent level or maybe even a little bit better talent level, but maybe is a year or two older, and you can combine that with the draft pick that you're getting, that's a huge factor for us when we're looking at that equation. And... um, you know, over the last three years, we've had, um, or, uh, what have we, we've had seven picks in the first three rounds um, due to the quarterback trades that we made, due to trading for Ronald Darby. Um, and so we have to get an opportunity to get some more young players in our system. And this is an opportunity to do that. It's an, a way to add more picks. 
Um, we feel confident that over the next two years that we're going to have a lot more picks than we've had over the previous three years. And that's exciting for us. But at the same time, adding talent to our team to continue to contend and be a good football team and balancing both those things. So to explain that, to explain that, you didn't sign as many free agents, maybe because you were worried about uh, getting more compensatory compensatory picks next year? No, Howard, I would say we did sign the right number of free agents. We signed the players we wanted to, but when we look into the evaluations of the players, if we have equal or better grades on guys who aren't part of the compensatory formula and we can combine them with a draft pick, that to us makes the decision even better. Was there a point, what was the point when you started to... I'll come around. What was the point when you kind of thought we need to be in this compensatory pick game a little bit more? You started factoring those things in as a way to kind of get an edge, get more swings when it comes to draft time. Well, really, it's about the things that we've done here to try to win championships over the last couple of years. And when you do those things, some of the things that you do are more short-term in nature. Um, wouldn't go back and, and do those things any differently because obviously that's the goal is to try to win a world championship. But at the same time, you have to look at what the future of the team is. Um, I think it goes without saying that we have a quarterback that uh, we're, we're committed to, that we want to sign to an extension. And so how do you balance that and not just look at 2019 in a vacuum, but also look at how you're going to look in 2020 and 2021. And so if you can get good players who make a difference, and to be clear, we think the guys we got make a difference. We think that re-signing Brandon Graham makes a difference. Signing Malik Jackson makes a difference. Signing Darby back makes a difference. Signing Deshaun makes a difference. Keeping Jason Peters makes a difference. And at the same time, also getting compensatory picks to replenish your young talent, it's a win-win for us. I like the five players you added are ages 29, 32, 29, uh, 31, and 30. Why is that the, the, the direction you're going? Well, I think the big thing is that you look at the league and a lot of the free agents who are 26 and 27, they're getting re-signed early, those better players. Teams are doing a better job of keeping their own players. And so where you used to have value at that point, there is now value in older guys. You look at the Super Bowl, you look at the Rams, they added four or five guys in the pro player market, um, their left tackle their center, their starting corner, uh, their nose tackle, who are all over 30. So there is also value in having good players. Players are playing longer. The science is better in keeping those guys healthier. And so you have opportunity to get these guys. And, again, we would rather have really good players instead of maybe signing lower-level starters or guys who are rotational players or backups that maybe are two years younger. Why did you trade uh, Michael Brown? No, for us, uh, when we looked at decisions we had to make on the defensive line, um, a lot of money involved in those decisions when we resigned Brandon Graham and had an opportunity to get compensation for Michael and then also add Vinny back. Um, We just thought it was a good decision for us going forward. Uh, Michael was a really good player for us, a big part of our team last year. And you see it throughout the league that people have to make tough decisions. Uh, You know, you're talking here, you're with a lot of people who have to make these decisions, and teams are forced to get rid of good players. I mean, the nature of the game is that you can't keep everyone and you have to make some of these tough decisions, and I think Michael is a big part of that. Did the um, the Vinny Curry signing everything do it? what you found about whether Chris Long is going to be back or not and what do you anticipate happening with Chris? Yeah, I think, again, it goes back to our philosophy of team building and we want to have a really strong defensive line and uh, Vinny, we know his fit in our system. Uh, He was hampered by a high ankle last year, but we know what he brings to our football team. Um, We know what kind of player he is. We know his fit in our scheme. He knows the defense. And then in terms of Chris, you know, all our conversations with our players, we like to keep those between us and our players. 
Um, couldn't have more respect for him uh, as a player and as a person, NFL man of the year. And uh, we just kind of uh, let him take his time and make the decision. And, um, you know, just really appreciative of the relationship that we have. With him. You, have a you, mentioned the young running backs. you mentioned the young running backs on the roster. What do you think of Corey Clement and uh, Josh Adams going into next season? Well, we're excited about those guys. You know, you talk about Corey, um, a guy who is a huge part of our Super Bowl winning team and our, our Super Bowl win. Uh, Josh Adams showed in flashes what he can do. Um, obviously, those guys coming off off-season injuries, and a big part of that is getting them back and getting them as part of the program because that jump from for Josh year one to year two is big. Corey from year two to year three. Um, you also talk about Wendell. I think Wendell, when Wendell's been called upon to play, he's been a solid player. He's played well for us. We got a guy in Boston, Scott, off the practice squad of the Saints who has tools in his body, traits to develop. So there are young players there. At the same time, we're always looking to improve the team. I mean, uh, the three running backs who played in the Super Bowl were guys we all acquired after the 2017 draft. So the talent acquisition period continues to go. We want to have the best possible team. Um, we're going to look into everything. That's our job. And uh, at the same time, we got to grow and develop our younger players. Getting back to the older veterans you guys signed, um, when did that change in the league? Just a few years ago, you guys added Brandon Brooks, Rodney McLeod, coming off their first contracts. When did it change? And, and what do you have to kind of weigh when you're deciding whether or not to sign a guy who's been in the league for a long time? Well, first, I think it all depends on who's available. The availability of the, of the players in free agency um, on the market determines what you're going to do. Uh, we were very fortunate in 2016 to have younger players who were available in free agency. Not only that, Nigel was available that year as well. And then it changes kind of with what teams are doing with their own players. But when you look at the players we've signed, you know, BG is incredibly durable. Malik Jackson's incredibly durable. Um, we try to sign guys there that are older that also have the ability to withstand kind of the age and what's going on with the league. So we don't have any concerns that we're getting guys that are anything other than difference makers. That's our job to add difference makers. And then it's on us to find guys who can back up, who can be rotational players in the draft and maybe not spend money on those spots when you have difference makers on your team. You you were talking about the quarterback, and uh, there's this big one coming up, obviously, and uh, you're you're trying to also balance – trying to keep a championship team together. How complicated has that process been, and how much of what you've done in the offseason has kind of at least been directly pointing toward that? It seems like, you know, you're clearing out a lot of cap space and uh, almost everything you've done is kind of pointing toward Carson down the road. Well, we're also proud about the players we've brought into the building. We think we've added talent to our football team, um, continue to look for ways to add talent to our team. But at the same time, we have to be realistic about the fact that we have a quarterback that we want to pay, that we want to extend long-term to, and how we're going to build our team with that player, which is exciting for us. I mean, we want to have a team led by a franchise-type quarterback. Um, We know that we have that in Carson, and so now what are we going to do around him to make sure that we can continue to try to compete for championships? Tell us about his health. Tell us about Carson's health. I don't want to get into any player's health. I mean, when you get into health, you're talking about HIPAA laws and you're talking about things that I don't feel comfortable talking about. But uh, all of those guys, they're working hard. We're incredibly optimistic about where we are in that area. Um, but I don't, I don't want to talk about anyone in particular. Will you be ready for OTAs? <laughs> I don't want to talk about anyone. But, no, I, again, I'm, I'm going to stay away from any of the medical questions. Um, but we're incredibly optimistic about the tw- 2019 season and where those guys are going. How you mentioned that you want to uh, you know, give him an extension, you. Carson. I mean, is the, 
is there any thought process of letting a year play out uh, because of uh, that history, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd say the same thing about our, our conversations with our players. It's important to us that we have relationships with our players where we keep things in-house. Uh, contract talks are a big part of that. So, um, you know, for us, we'll keep that. But obviously, uh, having Carson here long term is our goal, and um, we'll work towards that. What was the process like for getting Deshaun back, Jackson back in the mix? And what were those discussions like? You know, he obviously was cut the last time he was here, and now he's back in the mix. And what, was, what were those discussions like? Yeah, I think for us, our primary goal is to evaluate all the players that are available to us, and we were looking for a specific role. And I think sometimes in free agency, what's helpful is if you're looking for a specific role, um, as opposed to kind of this overarching theme. And for us, we were obviously looking for someone who can stretch the field vertically. You know, we have Nelson inside, and he can do that inside. Alshon, Zach, Dallas, I mean, all of them have tremendous skill sets, but having someone who complements that as well. And when you look at the free agents and you look at Deshaun, Deshaun makes a difference. I know when we play him, and um, we've played him a lot over the last few years, our defensive coordinator, our defensive players, they are aware of where he is at all times. Um, we know Deshaun. Uh, we understand him and uh, what motivates him. He's incredibly motivated to come back and compete for championships in Philadelphia, to cement his legacy in Philadelphia as a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, he's changed where he is in his life. You know, he's in the office and he's running around with his kids and chasing his kids. And, um, you know, it, it's fun to see guys grow and uh, develop. I think that's what this league's all about is seeing guys when you get them out of college. And we got him. He was an early entry into the draft. And to see guys continue to grow and mature and develop and, and kind of prioritize what they want in life. And I think that's where he is. What's the process like when about you... the running backs? Like you said there were some things you didn't foresee in free agency. What specifically did you mean by that? You know, Zach, I, I don't remember okay. focusing on uh, what I didn't foresee in free agency, but I, I think that you have to—you have to be. You got opportunities that you didn't. Yeah. I, I meant more um, our own players okay. and the market with our own players was going to be. Um, but I, I think you have to be nimble enough in free agency um, throughout the draft period to go off plan and to make sure that you're flexible enough that when opportunities present themselves, that you do that. And the most important thing for us is we have a philosophy on how to build the team. And for us, we think this is really important in how we're going to win games. And so we want to make sure that those things are set before we move on to the next thing. And um, I think if we're consistent in that, we should be consistent in that enough that year after year we'll have these conversations and there'll be some sort of method to the madness. That doesn't mean that every year it's going to work out perfectly. But we're pretty set in how we believe we should build this team, and we're going to be committed to that until something shows us that there's a different way. Right, so is the plan on March 13th to be here March 25th without a new running back, or was the market more dynamic than what this No, I think that what we started this conversation with is that you have to be versatile and open to every opportunity that comes in front of you. So when you have a plan, you can have a plan A, but when that goes a different way or people get a different amount of money or you have other opportunities that haven't been presented to yourself, you have to be flexible enough to say, I know what I thought on March 13th, but this really helps our football team and this improves our football team. And the other thing that's really important is that we don't play for six months. And so we have an opportunity here to continue to improve the football team. And we're going to do whatever we can to improve our football team. To follow back up on that, uh, if you go into the draft without having done anything more at running back, 
would you feel obligated to try to get it back in the first few rounds? You know, I just go back to our history over the last couple of years, and uh, we've been fortunate um, to win a lot of games with the running backs we have on this roster and uh, have opportunities also to acquire backs not only before the draft but after the draft process. And so we're going to continue to look at every position and look at ways to improve our football team. Um, we want to be as good as possible at every single position. But it will not put us in a, in a position at any spot where we're forcing something in the draft because you know, that's where you certainly make now, mistakes. If Long doesn't return, uh, you're gonna lose, if Long doesn't return, you'll lose like almost 16 sacks and 51 quarterback hits from Bennett and Bainbrook going. Are you worried about losing that, you know, replacing that, that type of production? I think that when you look at Malik and you look at Michael's role on third down, Malik fills that role. Malik is an inside rusher. That's what Michael did for us on third down. You know, I, I don't want to talk about a guy who's still on our team and still on our roster. Um, but obviously, that's a priority position for us uh, to continue to fill and to continue to have players. And I go back to what we started this with is we have to develop our young players. You know, we have some young players on a roster. Um, our scouting department did a great job with Trayvon Hester. We think that he's got tools in his body and the right work ethic to continue to develop. You know, we drafted Josh Sweat in the fourth round. He's got tremendous tools in his body and um, had production at Florida State. And when you go back and look at the tape this year, you see that he has it. And so we got to continue to work with guys like that. Um, we picked up a guy from the Texans practice squad who was productive for us, Joe Osman. Uh, week after week, one practice squad player of the year, uh, a practice squad player of the week awards. Um, so we have to continue to develop our young players and at the same time look at opportunities to improve our team. I don't, I don't feel like Jimmy's asked many questions. Anyone else hasn't asked a question, that's what I'll go to next. So. You, you lost Jordan Hicks. Uh, you brought in L.J. Ford and sort of Paul Warlow. How, where, how do you feel about your linebacker position? Uh, LJ was someone that we were really excited about acquiring. Uh, you know, though he was a guy that we had our eye on throughout the season. He was a target-free agent for us. Um, we felt like he would be a, a really good fit in our scheme. Um, Paul was another guy that when we signed, we thought would really fit uh, into what we do defensively. Obviously, he had the ACL pretty early on. Um, incredibly hard worker. And then we have Nigel back. Uh, Camus, somebody who continues to grow as a player on defense. We have some young guys there, too, Nate Gary, who we want to take another step. But it, it goes back to this same question at all positions. We're continuing to look to improve our football team and looking at every opportunity, both free agent market, draft, trade. Well, who would be, like, the middle linebacker at this point? Would it be Nigel or be one of the other guys that you brought in? Well, the good news is we don't play for six months. Can I sneak one more real quick, please? One more, one more, one more, one more, one more. What's the uh, no? What, what's the process? Why don't you guys take a vote, and then we, we get one more what's question. The, uh, what's the process like trying to formulate a plan for Carson's eventual contract? Is that something that starts the day you draft him, and how does that all work? It definitely doesn't start the day you draft him, um, <laughs> but that's making me think that maybe it should have. Um, you know, I think that once you see the kind of impact that he can have on the field, uh, the kind of player he is the work ethic that he has, uh, you start planning about how you're going to build a team around a highly paid player at that position. And so um, that's something that we've been talking about really for the last two years. Um, obviously, we're getting to the point where that's going to become a reality. And so some of the decisions that we have to make are going to be influenced by that. And um, we're trying to plan by getting more young players into our system. Um, we haven't had that opportunity the last couple of years because of some of the decisions we made. Again, 
happy about those decisions, but the ramifications of those and not having those picks is that we have to make sure that going forward we have more picks and we have more shots um, because we're not going to hit on every draft pick. Thank you. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back here at At The Podium here on Bleeding Green Nation. We've got part one of Doug Peterson's media session from the 2019 NFL annual meeting coming up right now. Again, it was an hour long, so I've done my best to trim this sucker and make sure that we keep in the interesting parts for brevity's sake. Let's kick it over to part one of that right now. Well, obviously, uh, you know, he's still he's still rehabbing and, and getting himself healthy and strong. And, and and again, you know, just like we've done in the past with him, we're just going to be patient and, and let him let him get strong and not putting, you know, as you know, we're not putting any timetable on him. And when he's ready, he's ready. And, um, you know, we're, we're optimistic. Uh, that, that that he'll be he'll be ready to go for OTAs, but again, we're not gonna we're not gonna push it and, and uh, force anything. I don't think it'll allow him to miss that much time, you know, because um, obviously he was he was rehabbing a knee, and that was that was major. Um, you know, this is just a matter of making sure everything is just just right, you know, with him and his body, and, and when he's ready to go, he's ready to go. But again, you know, I'm optimistic that uh, uh, that that he, he won't miss that much that much time. At the uh, combine, we're asking you about kind of adding speed to the offense, and you were downplaying it a little bit, but obviously get to Sean. Um, what kind of went into that decision? What do you expect him to be able to add to you guys? Well, you know, as you know, we're always looking to add value, add talent to a lot of our positions. Receiver is one, and um, you know, we we do our due due process, due diligence. We look at all the all the you know free agent receivers, and then of course now we're in the process of our college receivers and stuff like that, but. You know, Deshaun is a, a very explosive receiver. We, we know him. He's, he's been an eagle before, and now we're excited to, to get him in the room and get him caught up to speed and, and really looking forward to, to, you know, working with him. Well, listen, I mean, you got one football, and, it, you know, a lot of times defenses dictate where the ball goes. You know, I mean, I can, I can sit here and tell you, hey, we got a play designed for, for Alshon, but it ends up going to Nelson Aguilar, you know, or, you know, it's designed for Zach, and it ends up going to Dallas. So it's, it's hard to say, hey, we're going to get – you know, X amount of touches here, 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 and here. It just, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, we're going to scheme and we're going to game plan the way we always have. And, and uh, we teach the quarterbacks the progressions and, and, and Carson gets through his reads and the ball ends up where it ends up. I think that's kind of the, the, what, what's, what's happening, what you're seeing with, with professional sports. I think you're seeing, you know, you're, you're seeing, you know, with, with Shireen and, and as a PT, you know, you're, you're, bringing, you're bringing more women into your building. And I think it's a great opportunity for them. And, and you know, they have to go through the process just like, you know, just like hiring a male coach, you know, so if, if uh, you know, if someone's qualified, a woman's qualified to, to handle a position, then then I would be all for it, you know, but uh, right now, right now, you know, my staff's full, obviously, but, um, you know, I'm encouraged in the direction in which we're going. A lot of times it's, it's just dictated by defenses and game plans and how things, how things are, you know, falling out in the game. <clears throat> there's been, there's been several times we want to go in with 12 personnel and it ends up being a, you know, our 11 personnel type of a game. It just, it just happens that way. Um, you know, and, and there's a balance, you know. I mean, those are all things we took a look at as a staff this spring, and we're going to continue to explore that through OTAs and training camp. But, you know, obviously we have 
we have guys now that we can put out on the field that, that can be explosive. And, and a lot of times, too, in your in your 12 personnel, a little more run-oriented, so your play-action pass becomes a little bit bigger. And there's where you're seeing some of the yards per attempt what, really spike. What, 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 kind of, what kind of findings did you come to uh, when you really looked at the 12 personnel and why Dallas? Why was it effective? Well, I know you guys, you, a lot of times when you get teams in nickel, I yeah. get that. But. Yeah, and you know I'm not going to give away all our secrets here, but it just it just so happened that when when there's there's things that we're going to do. I'll just tell you this: there's things that we're going to do. We're going to implement this spring in our 12 personnel to uh, hopefully give us an advantage in the fall. End of story. <laughs> well, as I mentioned too, I'm really excited about Nate. You know, and 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 I think that the quarterback position, you know, is another one that's not exempt from competition. So we're going to continue to look, obviously, out there. We got the draft coming up. We got a, you know, our roster is constantly changing, and, and we're by no means anywhere close to being done with with anything with our roster right now. So, but I'm excited about Nate. Uh, this will be another big spring for him. Another another giant step in his progression, and, and really encouraged where where he was at the end of the year, and I think where he can go this season. Don't feel about where you guys are at in terms of running back right now. You haven't had anybody new just yet. You know, Corey getting healthy. Yeah. Well, we won a Super Bowl with three guys that came after the draft. So. Um, our roster is continually shifting, and we're still well, listen. Yeah, Wendell, you got Corey coming back. You know, uh, Josh is coming back, and uh, I'm I'm encouraged by those guys. You know, and again, just kind of like what we were talking about, the roster is constantly taking shape, and uh, we're going to continue to explore everything and add value and talent where we can. Do you want another running back? What's that? Do you want another running back? I mean, yeah, you, you all, I got one another tight end too. I need another quarterback. You know, I need offensive linemen. I need everybody. You know, we, we got to fill out a 90-man roster. So um, it's it's not a position that is exempt by no means. Uh, we're going to constantly and continue to add, add value and talent where we can. Yeah, we take a look at a lot of that stuff, you know, and a lot of, for me, a lot of the decision-making, in-game decision-making with analytics. And and then, of course, you know, with our sports science, with, with the players off-season. And, you know, we take a look at a lot of things, and we're still, still exploring and really doing a lot of studies in some areas that, they can they can help us. Um, obviously, we're studying other teams and, and using that as well. We're going to continue. I'm going to continue to use them where we see fit, and uh, you know if it benefits our football team, we'll continue to use them. So, what have you seen from uh, in, in draft preparation? What have you seen from uh, John? Schaefer? I mean, he's a he's an exciting guy. He's a big back. He's uh, he's athletic. I think he's he can give you that first down, second down, you know, productivity. Um, he's exciting to watch. Um, he's going to be a good player. How about cat pass catching? Not bad, not bad. What I've seen, I I wasn't there at the pro day, but what I saw at the pro day and some of the things in the combine and watching his tape, uh, you know, it's not bad as a catcher coming out of the backfield. Well, nice you know, we, we added uh, Andrew Sandejo. Um, okay. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm excited about him on our roster. He has he has depth. He has value. Um, you know, now you're looking at, at him, and we get Rodney healthy and get him back and Malcolm. It's just it. it the more guys, I mean, you go back to 17 and, and some of 16 when you have guys back there that can rotate through. It's like the D-line. When they can rotate through and they're all playing and healthy, yeah, it's going to help everybody. It's going to help Malcolm. You know, Malcolm took a lot of snaps last year. In fact, all of them and and didn't come off the field. And that's a credit to him. You know, so uh, I'm encouraged by by Andrew again, getting him in here. Sandejo, getting him working and getting him caught up. Maddox? I think he can. He's versatile. I mean, he's one of those guys like an offensive lineman that can play both guards, your guard center, or both tackle, like Big V. Um, you know, he'll work inside nickel spot. He'll also work, you know, with with Craven, uh, LeBlanc, and then he'll work. He'll work outside as well. So, and then he's played safety. I mean, he, he's a guy that 
those are the kind of guys and players you look for, you know, um, that have that kind of versatility. Does Jalen Mills have to play corner, or can you move him to other spots in the second? Well, I mean, you know, he's played corner. I think he continues to play corner. I think I think he's uh, another player that can be versatile that way, um, and 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 be more. Uh, didn't have necessarily be maybe position specific, but at the same time, um, you know, we'll, we'll just. I love him at corner right now where he's at, but uh, nothing says he, you know, he, he he's worked some inside, he's outside. I mean, again, he's another guy. You try to you try to train everybody to do everything. That's kind of what we do in the back end. You know, my position is, is I want to I want to I want to make everything. I want to get it right. I want to get the calls right. I want to help. I mean, he's, listen, I can appreciate these officials. It's it's a tough game to officiate right now. The the the, the speed of the game uh, is there, and and so it, it's 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 tough. It's tough on these these guys, and so. You know, we're trying to come up with ways, unique ways to, whether it's the, you know, uh, the, the the sky judge and, and maybe kind of the things like the hey, look at the AAF and what, what what they're doing. But you know, my, my position is I want to make I want to get I want to get calls right. You know, um, and, and and make the game make the game you know especially for the fans um, an exciting game where where you know a lot of calls aren't being missed or if they are missed we can we can make them right. I think there are certain penalties that can be reviewable. Obviously, it's it's tough at full speed when you're talking about OPIs and DPIs down the field. Those, you know, 40, 45, 50 yard fouls down the field. Um, you know, those those are hard to officiate sometimes. Um, you know, the ones the, the, it, it's it's those ones that are that are that are the obvious ones. You know, like maybe you see a guy that comes across. You know, that that safety with all that speed you're talking about uh, blows up. Or hits a a, a a receiver, but he catches him in the shoulder instead of the head, and then you know a flag is thrown, and you want to get that play right because everybody sees it. No, he didn't hit him in the head; he hit him in the shoulder. So, you know, it, again, it's it's a, it's a it's it's a fast game, but you know those are situations, those obvious situations that you want to make right. A lot a lot of decisions. Some of them some of them are analytical decisions, you know, based on on studies that we've done in, in, in certain areas. But quite frankly, too, it's it's based on game situation and gut feel. You know, how's the team performing right now? How's the offense performing, defense? You know, how they performing uh, for for some of these decisions to be made. But you know, um, we're going to continue to use them, uh, and and you have to kind of take what you can and use what you can. You know, in in, in game decision making. The player the player tracking data obviously was released for the first time last year. In what ways, or was it useful at all um, to you as a coach? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't honestly, quite honestly, I have to confess, I didn't look at a lot of it. Um, you know, I, I leave that up to our, our sports science guys and let them let them kind of dive into that kind of stuff and some of the analytics there. But you know, at the end of the day, I want to make I want to look at players in, in the face and talk to them eyeball to eyeball and ask them how they're doing and you know um, make sure that, that these guys are, are ready to go. But the analytics versus the gut, just following up on that. Do you find that the analytics become part of the gut after a while? Sometimes. There's a blend there. Um, and that's, that's a good question because sometimes you think you're making that gut feel, but it's, it's some of the some of the analytical data that you've studied that sort of now become part of who you are. Um, yeah, so it does kind of bleed over into that. Does Deshaun talk about how you and him had a really good relationship and dating back to when you coached for him? How much has he matured since he was first with the Eagles when he first kind of interacted with him to Napa? You know, I really can't answer that because I haven't spent time with him. Um, I was 
coming off of pain meds when when uh, <laughs> when I congratulated him, uh, you know, coming back. So it's so hard it's hard to answer. What but is your relationship with him? we had a, I mean, I was quality control. You know, um, really had a really good relationship with him, and of course, working with the quarterbacks at the time and the receivers, just his explosiveness and stuff, and. Um, you know, looking at looking at looking at his career now, just from afar, uh, you can see how he has matured in his game, on and off the field. And he he's listen. He's he, he's he's a great guy, great guy, uh, family man, um, and we're just excited to have him in the fold. He told a story about during uh, the Bucks game where there's an injury timeout, and you kind of looked over and said, "Hey, are you mad? At, are you mad at me?" Um, what, what made you think that he was mad, mad at you? Because earlier in the game, first quarter, after he had just scored, um, there was another play on our sideline, and he looks he looks at me and he says something like, like, you never should have let me go, you never should have let me go. And I was like, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there. And then that play happened down in, uh, I think Corey Clement got, got dinged down in the, uh, yeah. by the goal line there. And I, I, walked out and Deshaun was down there. He's like, why are you mad at me? Why are you mad at me? But I asked him why he was mad at me. I said, don't get mad at me. Right. Um, so we had a little exchange in that game. It was, it was fun. Yeah, you know, we're always looking, again, at quarterbacks. And, and uh, you know, if, if there's a guy out there that, that can fit and, and really um, a, a developmental type guy, maybe maybe even competes as a third, you know, comes in and competes as a third or you keep him on practice squad or something, I'm always encouraged by that. You know, I, th- I think you got to continue to – you know, find those guys, you know, and develop quarterbacks and, and, uh, and prepare them. How's this draft in terms of day three guys? Good. It's really good. Um, it's one of the positions right now that when I get back home, um, I'm going to spend more time looking at. I I've, I've, uh, haven't really looked at all the quarterbacks yet so far, but of the ones I've seen, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty healthy, you know, to find that day, even a day two, maybe day three guy that, you know, you bring in and develop and, and see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some of the young guys. Um, you know, uh, Braxton Miller is a guy we, we had on practice squad. I'm looking forward to you know watching him and um, you know just just seeing some of the youth that we have. Uh, getting Shelton Gibson back out there, you know, and, and uh, you know Matt Collins when when he's when he's 100 percent, getting him back out there. You know, of course he missed all of last year, but you know get him back out there at some point. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to these guys. Again, guys that have been with us taking another step, showing in their progression and, and uh, being in a position to help us. During your uh, during your uh, playing days when you spent time with uh, Mouse Davis, what what kind of influence did that have on kind of the way you think about offensive scheming and, and coaching? Or did it influence it at all? Yeah, you know, I mean, I look back on, on you know, he had a run-and-shoot style offense, and uh, it was the first time I've ever been in that type of system. And it was interesting because it's, you know, route, route running is based on leverage a lot. Um, free access versus bump and run coverage and things of that nature. So, you know, it kind of it, it kind of has spilled over a little bit to what we do with some of the some of the option routes we, we do with our receivers and, and, and tight ends, and really running away from leverage. You know, running away from uh, certain defensive uh, you know uh, coverages, things like that. So we don't necessarily do the the roll semi rollout stuff you know that we did with him with the quarterback position but uh there is some similarities in some of the route running in that jags game uh in london goddard had the one uh td where i think he kind of uh, adjusted is that kind of an example of that um of 
little bit, or a little bit of that. But that was just that was just those two guys, Carson and uh, Dallas, kind of just making the play because there was the defender uh, right outside on the number as Dallas was running his route, and Dallas did a great job of slipping and, and, and working back inside when Carson threw the ball. So that's more of those two guys just kind of being on the same page and, and making that play. You know, my job is to get Carson prepared to play on game days, and the better he gets. Listen, he, he's going to be right there in that conversation, you know, and, and I'm just excited for Carson this year, you know, to take that another step. This will be a, another big step for him in that, in that, in that, you know, in that regard. I don't necessarily I stay out of all the contract stuff. I just got to get Carson ready to play on game day. Narrative that's out there. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you, you know, you've, you've heard him talk about it, um, and I'll just echo kind of what he said. I mean, he's, I don't necessarily think he has to prove anything, but I think he, you know, he wants to be out there for his teammates and, and uh, help us win football games, and it's important to him. And, and uh, you know, uh, he understands that, and, you know, we'll, we'll just get him ready to go. Does he have anything to prove? I mean, I don't think he has anything to prove. He's done a lot already. I mean, you know, we just got to continue to develop him as a quarterback, and he can grow as a quarterback and um, help us win a lot of games and continue to help us win a lot of games. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to get back in here and working with him and, and getting ready to go. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.